Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. And welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. Hey, I am your host, Dr. Mark French. And again, I am so happy that you have joined me on this episode that we can talk through things, all things EHS, leadership, all those wonderful things uh, that we like to talk about. So this week, starting things off with a news story that's actually a couple of weeks old, but I came across it and found it uh, to be very relevant and powerful in what I wanted to talk about. And it's from NBC News. Of course, I will put the link on my Facebook, LinkedIn. If you're following me there, you, know, you can see the link to the news story so that you can jump in there and comment on it or see it or just follow through with what I said I said. <laughs> but this one here is from the end of March, March 31st, NBC News reported. And this is out of Pennsylvania. It was a smaller style, like not the, the big, big chocolate factory that you think of, but a different chocolate factory. A woman was pulled alive from the rubble um, after an explosion killed seven co-workers. And I want to walk kind of through this news story and then talk about what is, there's a lot wrong. And it's concerning to me that this continues to be something that I'm seeing in some news stories, and I've even seen it locally, that there is concern that's not being followed and there's a lack of empowerment to care for people, which is scary all its own. So this explosion happened. Unfortunately, this employee was on fire because of the explosion. The walkway underneath them collapsed and they fell into a vat of chocolate, which extinguished the fire, but broke collarbone and both heels. But what they state is that for 30 minutes prior the team that was on that shift had been uh, complaining. And this was happened on March 24th, reported on the 31st. They claimed that investigations are on the way and that the people working for at least 30 minutes prior had been talking to a supervisor about a smell of natural gas, that it was getting really smelly from natural gas. It was concerning to the point where it was making people ill, the smell. And so it had to be pretty strong for it to be having that kind of a long-term approach for multiple people to smell it, multiple people to be concerned about it. And so they continued to work. They were getting ready to switch things over. They were working. Uh, they continued to smell natural gas late into the afternoon. They did go to a supervisor, and the supervisor quoted, or at least they quote as the supervising saying that he couldn't do anything 
because he would have to have the higher ups make a decision on what to do. Yeah, you can probably see where I'm going to go with that. That's concerning. Uh, the person that they reference in the news story, they were on a ladder, had been thrown to the ground, flames everywhere, and realized they were on fire. They were going across the floorway. The floorway gave way, fell into a chocolate tank that was about just under five feet deep, landed on her feet and chest, uh, collarbone, both heels, and then waited and kept yelling for help for a long time because they couldn't get to her. And then the place began to fill up with water from the firefighters trying to put out the fire and continued to sit in the water, be there, screaming for help, took a long time, finally was rescued and was able to get some medical attention. There's a lot going on here to unpack, for sure. This is a very disturbing aspect of what is going on in some organizations that fail to really care about people, and not to say that they didn't somewhat care, but there's a lot there that to look at. The first step that I really want to think about is if there is a strong smell of any chemical in the air, and a supervisor feels so scared to do anything about it, even vent the place, open a window, turn on a fan, evacuate, call someone. Who do you call? Why didn't they answer their phone? I have so many questions because if someone higher up has to make the decision, how do they do that? So let's say we do have a protocol where you need to call someone to validate, to get help or whatever. For me, if you're carrying a cell phone, that's two minutes. That's a two-minute phone call that says, we smell gas. It doesn't seem good. What do we do? And you get a decision made. Two minutes. Was that phone call made? Or was that a placating statement? I would love to know. And I'd love to know if someone didn't pick up their phone, who would you call then? Or if you did pick up your phone and someone said, nah, keep that rolling. We got product to make. How scary that would be for a culture of people that were not cared about. And I've come from a PSM background in some of the companies I've worked with. And we've done studies. And you read some of the, the chemical safety board briefs. And you read some of the information that comes out of the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, of the studies they've done. And some of the worst disasters were that someone that was there that was the leader on an off shift or a time when there weren't other people there, that something looked wrong or something looked really, really wrong. And they did not feel empowered to even make a phone call. They were scared to call the higher ups or they were scared to do something about it or follow the protocol or just pause, stop for 30 minutes. What would it I bet someone, or I know someone at this point, thinks, I wish we had just evacuated for an hour rather than let this happen. Or I hope that's a lesson that at least was learned in some form, maybe. The leadership should have that empowerment to be able to say, pause, time out, we have to stop. We have to continue, we cannot do this. We, can we have a legitimate safety concern 
that we must take a moment and stop and pause and think about it before we move forward. This is the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So what else is interesting about this news article is, and I'm going to say this with with sarcasm, I'm, I'm sure you're not surprised that I'm going to say this with sarcasm, is a partially safe facility better than no safety in a facility? Or is it better to have that absolutely no safety at all, just let it run wild, no try, rather than a a terrible try? Hmm, what's Mark asking here? Well, you read this that the the walkway collapsed, so I'm pretty sure it had some issues of some kind um, that allowed it to break apart. And the only person, the only way this person seemed to have survived was because that platform broke. So because there was absolutely no safety involved, they allowed the explosion, they had walkways that weren't inspected, that weren't in good condition. The whole thing is just a, a horrible, no safety environment. Because the two bad things happened, it worked out that even though they were hurt bad, they weren't killed. So is it better that we just don't care at all? Because then maybe we get lucky and the worst case scenario actually turns out to, to be okay. <laughs> that is a scary thought that comes up in my mind when I think about something like this. And I go, no, no, there's no way that could be true. And it can't be. But I do want to talk about that a little bit more on the second half of the Leading and Learning through Safety Podcast. DSDA Consulting. Learn you. Lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. Problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more. Individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So I left us at the break with the question of, is no safety better than some safety? And I say that tongue-in-cheek. Please know that. Because any, if you are trying with any amount of safety, I am going to predict, I'm going to theorize that you are in a process of trying. Because I've never seen it kind of halfway. I've never seen a half attempt at safety. I've seen it deteriorate to where it feels like a half attempt, which is really a zero attempt that is declining. I have seen where a company is making the decision to improve, and they're about at the midway but they're still putting energy in it. They're still climbing. They're still making the journey. And I've seen the absence of thereof. And so I said that in, in a very interesting way. And really what I'm trying to say or what I want to think about is the idea behind where are you in your journey of safety? Are you nowhere? Are you where? Or are you at that beginning stage where you're putting energy in it and you're starting to grow it? Or did you have a good system? And now it's been declining, and we have to pick it back up again. Each of these require that people touch. And here's where I'm going, because if you're listening to this, my guess is that you care. And for that, I say thank you, because that's so important 
that we begin with that premise that we have someone on site that is acting as that conscience, someone who's not afraid to sometimes kindly make that journey, but to stand there and say, right is right, wrong is wrong. How do we make it better together? And that's the leadership part. How do we lead together in a way that creates this ability to protect our people, that we're able to communicate effectively? And I found a lot of it to be communication. As we enter that, to communicate clearly what needs to be done, why it needs to be done, and how we're going to get there together. And a, there's still this really old mentality of the old way of safety, of the safety cop, of no, I just say no, I tell you to stop, and then I walk away, you try again, and I may come back and stop you again, or I may come back and give you the green check mark and you keep going. We're beyond that in the world of leadership, in the world of safety. We are that partner. We understand that the business has a functionality to run. The people want to work in a way that is safe and productive. And we as the safety people want to see a good company live up to its standard, to live up to its ability to take care of its people, to understand its people, to care for the people fundamentally. And so when we talk about, well, is no safety better than some safety saying, well, they extinguished the fire because it was so unsafe. No, there is a culture there that is really scary. And it began with the lack of attention, lack of communication. And fundamentally, there's a leadership gap there, a, a leadership gap that needs to be filled in some form because there's no empowerment of taking care of someone. And it's hard for me to visualize being in a place and smelling something weird. And I was in an ammonia refrigeration plant years ago. And to, for someone to come and say, I smell ammonia, and for nothing to happen would have been a very tough place to be in because we would want people to tell us, hey, I'm smelling something. Can you come look at it? And we were very open about measurements. We had a device that could measure it. We would show it to you. We would let you know where we're at. And then we would keep people informed of what we're looking for. We think it could be coming from here. Notice the levels aren't very dangerous. We're still going to have you kind of leave this area for a little bit. We're going to try to fix it. We're going to figure it out. And we would keep communicating. Like it was, it was one of those events that everybody wanted frequent communication of what was happening and what are we doing about it and very rapid status updates to make sure we were doing the right thing. Now, were we there at all times before in the early days? No, we had some opportunity to improve there. And a lot of the improvement came from, we hear you, here's what we're doing, and here's the outcome. Super important. Something that seems so very simple as just a closed loop communication system, but it's the most powerful item we have in gaining understanding and empathy with the people who are around us. You are listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast with Dr. Mark French. So as we close out this episode, I do want to take some time here and uh, do a little self-promotion. I will be at the Kentucky Safety Conference. That is coming up in May in Louisville. So last year was in Bowling Green. This year we're going to move up. We're going to be back in Louisville. So excited for that. That's coming up in May. I will be there as a speaker, I have a great topic, safety, the gateway to engagement. How do we use safety to begin that conversation that leads to a total closed loop system of great communication 
and great engagement with our team. How do we do that? I'm really excited to present this topic. I've been kind of diving a little bit more into empathy and engagement and how they work together in a workplace. And so I'm really excited to kind of talk about the items that I've been finding. And then a few months later, coming up in August, there is the Tennessee Safety Conference. That's in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. So a couple of fantastic cities here in the area where I live in the South. And looking forward to being there. I'll actually be presenting the same topic there uh, with feedback from my previous one. So maybe some improvement there, but same general topic, uh, different audience, different uh, area. So if you're in either of those areas, I think it's a fantastic opportunity to grab some CEUs, to do some networking, to learn some items. And also if you're one of those people who love the vendor booths, I'm going to be there. And I am really excited about this. This is the first time I'm really pulling out my brand of leadership that leads to safety. We start with good leadership. We start with empathy for people, and it ends up creating psychological and physical safety. So I'm going to be there with my booth. I'm going to be set up talking about the offerings that I have in TSDA Consulting. And what is even more fun, or at least I, I feel like this is going to be, this is the reason you want to be there. This is the one, is that I am going to have my podcast booth set up. I want to do some interviews. I want to meet you. I want you to be part of this magic every day that we call this podcast. <laughs> so if you're there, you come by the booth. I'm going to have the sit down, have some extra mic sound. We're going to do some short interviews. I want to hear about your experience in safety. What do you think is the biggest issue in safety right now? And what do you think is we as leaders, we as the safety think tank, what can we do about it to make it better? I think it's going to turn out to be a fantastic experience, fantastic podcast, fantastic time to meet and greet and really just talk about what we, what we care about. And that's the safety of our people, the safety of our communities, uh, the safety of our team. So I hope you'll join me. And until next time we chat, please stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.